It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings, the best place ever for best ball, for DFS. It's football season It was so glorious to see all 32 teams in the National Football League take the field over the weekend. And here's the thing. I laugh in the faces of people that say preseason games don't matter. First of all, they matter a great deal for the vast majority of the players that are on the field. Secondly, if you don't think we can glean fantasy football information from what happens in the preseason, you are sorely mistaken. I played seven years in the NFL for five different teams. You absolutely can read some tea leaves in the preseason. Check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. I will announce someone tomorrow on the Ross Tucker football podcast with the GOAT, Greg Cosell, as being the spread the word winner via social media. Maybe it's just a five-star review of this show that you take a screenshot of and then send it to me. I got all kinds of awesome press passes I can send you guys. I've got all kinds of great football cards, pictures, but you got to enter to win. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. So if you're on Twitter or Instagram, follow at Ross Tucker Pod so you see the highlight clips, the video highlight clips of the best of the best from this show and the Even Money podcast and the Ross Tucker football podcast and the College Draft podcast and Andrew Brandt's Business of Sports podcast. And, of course, you can check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. You can also see the highlight clips there. And by us, I mean me and the star of this here show. His name is Joe Dolan. He's got a gutsy... Some may say ballsy Twitter handle calls himself the fantasy gangsta at FG underscore Dolan. By the way, I say that so often that people probably believe it. He used to work for fantasy guru. Joe doesn't call himself the fantasy gangster at all. That's like my little inside joke that I think is funny. I think maybe once a month I should mention that that's not actually like what Joe calls himself, Um, but he should. Because he is the fantasy gangster who brings it and shoots down the competition every week. Every time he comes on the show, he's the master of all he oversees at fantasypoints.com. And he's got the flat-brimmed hat to prove it. That's where you should use the code 22FEAST. By the way, Joe, before I forget, I'm going to be at a wedding in Easton in a couple weeks. Really? 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 Where's the wedding? Uh, it's my my first cousin's wedding. And it's incredible because, I'll explain in a second when I look up where it is, The View at Morgan Hill? I was in a wedding at The View at Morgan Hill. Oh, nice. So, so there this? we go. Yeah, yeah. How about I that? I happen to be doing, Joe, the UTSA at Army game that day at noon. Easton is almost exactly halfway between West Point 
and where I reside in Harrisburg. Okay. So literally halfway back to Harrisburg, I will go to a wedding right in time for the reception. Totally skip the ceremony or whatever. Right in time for the happy hour at the reception. I will roll in with my CBS blazer and I will come in with guns blazing. I, I mean, it. the view at Morgan Hill, whatever it's called, they will never see what I bring that night. Anyway. I love it, Ross. Yeah, well, uh, I'm sure Easton will be very hospitable. How are you doing today? I mean, uh, weekend of, uh, of preseason action, some news here uh, coming down, uh, not from the preseason, but it's been a, a pretty eventful first couple weeks here of camp. Um, you're starting to see the camp report slow down just a little bit, I think. Early in training camp, you know, the beat writers are excited to get out there and the players are excited to get out there and they're tweeting and, and writing everything. And and I, I think come the come the point where we are, we're at now, they're starting to use a little bit more discretion. You know, teams aren't practicing as much. So um, but it's it's important to pay attention to what's going on, um, understanding that some of the things here are going to be false positives or false negatives. Uh that that you're that you're going to be like in three months you're going to be like oh remember like last year oh remember when Jamar Chase had a bad camp in preseason yeah remember that or oh remember when this guy was blowing up training camp whatever happened to that guy so there are going to be some things here but there are some things that are justifiably moving ADP things that are justifiably making people a little bit more or less excited about players and I think that it, it is important to keep to to pay attention to because what else what the hell else would we talk about here if we didn't pay attention to it. All right, so here is one thing that matters, Joe, and that is injuries. Mm-hmm. So one that's notable is starting quarterback Zach Wilson. Right. Does it matter? Um, is it even maybe a benefit? Let me say something about Zach Wilson. First of all, he looked bad in the Eagles game until he got hurt. It was only like two series, but he didn't look good. Sec- secondly, they're not going to put him back in right away, bro. No way. First of all, if Joe Flacco's playing well, I wouldn't be surprised if they leave Joe Flacco in for a while. Secondly, Zach Wilson can't afford to come back after missing all these reps and just be thrown right into the fire. My question is, is it enough of an injury? Is it enough that it makes a difference for anyone's no. fantasy prospects? No, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm not really adjusting anybody on the Jets because – Look, say what you want about Joe Flacco, and plenty has been written, plenty has been said about Joe Flacco. But Joe Flacco can come in there and keep things on the straight and narrow, okay? He can keep things on on schedule, maybe even better than Wilson can. And look, we know Zach Wilson's upside is sky high, okay? Even the skeptics of Zach Wilson – and maybe you're one of them, Ross, after seeing him in person. But even the skeptics of Zach Wilson would say, this guy has exceptional arm talent. He can move a little bit. There's a lot to work with there. Um, you know, you, ne- you, you, you want to avoid trying to comp. I, I think te- Josh Allen might have broken the evaluation process. I wonder if teams are always going to be looking for the next Josh Allen, um, which – probably undersells just how freaking gifted Josh Allen is and how determined he is. But Zach, remember Josh Allen in his first two years in the NFL, he had a lot of spectacular flashes, but also a lot of head scratching. What the hell are you doing moments? I wonder if Zach Wilson is headed down a similar path and hopefully he can get himself straightened out. 
But from a fantasy perspective, I'm not really moving Brees Hall. I'm not really moving Elijah Moore. Not really moving Garrett Wilson. Because I think Joe Flacco is going to be able to keep these guys productive at a similar level, if not more so than you thought Zach Wilson would be able to. And from the Jets' perspective, let's look at it frankly. They also saw in their division what the Bills did to support Josh Allen. Get a better team around them. Go get a Stephon Diggs. Go improve the offensive line. Improve the skill position talent around him. Insulate him. Put him in a good spot to develop. The Jets were working on that. They were doing that. You know, you go out and you get Garrett Wilson this offseason. You spend a lot of money on tight ends. You use a second-round draft pick on Brees Hall. They spent money on the offensive line. They lost Mekhi Becton. And then, quite frankly, and and, and I, I feel terrible for Becton, Ross, because our doctor uh, of physical therapy on our staff, Dr. Edwin Porras, said he was clearly hurt when they put him out there, um, which could have led to his injury. Um, but say what you want uh, about Mekhi Becton. They might have improved on the offensive line by getting Dwayne Brown in there. So they they had really developed a system here where I thought Zach Wilson was going to be well-supported and potentially you know, well-insulated in a place where he could develop. But the two- to four-week timeline per Dr. Porras, optimistic. Four to six weeks is probably more realistic, and I would think I agree with you. I would think the Jets are going to err on that side of caution because they cannot – go into next season with Zach Wilson having a lost year. Imagine if Josh Allen, after his 2018 rookie season, missed most or all of 2019 and didn't take those lumps and didn't take those extra reps. Would he have broken out in 2020 the way he did? I highly doubt it. So they have got to get Zach Wilson 100%. They have got to make sure he's ready to go. And whether that's in week two, week three, week four, week seven, that's, that, that's what the Jets have to do here. But from a fantasy perspective, I'm not really adjusting a whole lot. And, you know, honestly, but we'll see early in the season. But Joe Flacco is going to be close to min price on DraftKings week one. So I think there's going to be some DFS sickos out there who are already lining up their Joe Flacco, Elijah Moore stacks. I like it, Joe. All right, so let's get into some of the things that we noticed in the preseason. Were there any other injuries that I missed that we should mention? Well, not necessarily so much of a preseason. Well, Drake London got hurt, but I don't think it's serious. He banged his knee. Um, One that uh, came up yesterday, and it might have happened during the preseason game, but we didn't know about it until yesterday, is Pete Carroll said Kenneth Walker. Oh, this, this one makes me physically ill because he's my most drafted running back this offseason. Pete Carroll said Kenneth Walker is dealing with, quote, a little hernia thing. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Um, I'm guessing it's supposed to me. It's not easy to be an NFL running back for a whole season with a little hernia thing. That's 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 right. So they have got now. He said their entire focus. Pete Carroll said their entire focus is making sure Kenneth Walker is ready for the opener. So I wouldn't expect he's going to play in the rest of the preseason or he might not practice much. Um, our doctor, Edwin Porras said, you know, if this is a sports hernia, which we presume it probably is, I don't know, like a real hernia, like when your intestines are coming through your abdominal wall, Ross, that needs surgery. Um, I had one of those when I was three years old. I'm fully recovered because I'm built different. Um, uh, but, uh, those, those are going to, would require surgery. A little hernia thing could basically mean a groin strain. So like a sports hernia is essentially a uh, more serious groin strain. It's realistic that he could be available for the start of the season. 
But Rashad Penny, who also had a groin strain last week, by the way, he's back at practice, and we know that he has an injury history. So that's going to be a very interesting thing to monitor over the next couple of weeks. But I've already drafted a metric ton of Kenneth Walker. I'm probably going to pull back now um, because of this because of this injury uh, uh, thing. Because now also that might make him less likely to uh, to be available uh, it, uh, as a fantasy contributor early in the season as he gets his feet under him. All good points, Joe. All good points. So while we're talking preseason performances, what are the things that matter? Guys getting playing time that you don't think they should. Maybe guys getting rested that surprise you. I think one that jumps out to me, Antonio Gibson. You know, the fumble, playing with the second string. I'm seeing these reports of him on the punt team. Doesn't sound real good, Joe, for people that drafted that have been drafting a lot of Antonio Gibson. Well, I haven't been drafting a lot of Antonio Gibson because, you know, I thought the writing was on the wall. And I think you could you could have made a very easy argument and probably still can make an easy argument. This is somebody who played through an injury last year and still finished as an overall top 10 PPR running back. But J.D. McKissick this offseason, he's essentially packed up ready to go to Buffalo. The team's like, no, 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 you got to come back. You got to come back. You got to come back. They end up convincing him to come back. He resigns. They spend a third-round pick. I remember just thinking Antonio Gibson to the freaking moon when the initial reports of J.D. McKissick signing in Buffalo came out. Then he comes back. First big bad vibe for Gibson this offseason. Then Washington spends a third-round pick on an interior Grinder and Grinder is underselling Brian Robinson's talent, but the kind of thing that I think Gibson str- has struggled with. Remember, Antonio Gibson was a slot receiver in college. He was a wide receiver. As a matter of fact, the civilian goat Greg Cosell said that he thought Gibson would profile best as a slot receiver in the NFL. Obviously, Washington didn't agree. But remember, he was a wide receiver, so he is learning the running back position, and there have been many instances where he's kind of left some yards on the field, hasn't seen things the way that he should see them. So they get Brian Robinson, who in theory does a lot of the things that Antonio Gibson doesn't do well, okay? So that's a severe knock on him. You already have McKissick, who can catch a bunch of passes, and you know they trust him on third downs and in pass protection, so that caps Probably what Gibson does best, catching the football. And then you get to the preseason game. He's going to the ground. He gets tackled. Bad fumble. Doesn't protect it against a defender coming in. He had six fumbles last year. He led all non-quarterbacks. They bring in Carson Wentz to be their quarterback this year. And while I think Wentz is probably a better fit in this offense than maybe he was in Indianapolis, ironically, because he handpicked Frank Reich to be his coach, um, when you have a running back who can't be trusted with the football and you have a quarterback who's also very fumble happy, I can't imagine that makes Ron Rivera very happy. So he gets punished. Essentially he's playing with the second team. Then we get to practice this week and he's getting reps with the third team. And then he's on the punt team. And then he's on the kickoff return team uh, with the returners here. I just saw before we came on air Could you make an argument that this is a motivational tactic from Ron Rivera? Absolutely. But teams tell you what they think. They re-signed McKissick. They drafted Brian Robinson in the third round. And then, so my question now becomes, though Gibson was pretty good at the goal line last year, 
if is that somebody who Rivera thought, well, we don't have a better option. If Ron Rivera doesn't trust Antonio Gibson to take care of the football, I mean, what what is the worst turnover you can possibly have? If you're down inside the five-yard line and you're fumbling heading into the end zone, that's the worst turnover you can have. It's a, it's a massive swing. So J- J.D. McKissick's the passing down back, which he will be, by the way, because he was in the first preseason game. And Brian Robinson potentially is the goal line and short yardage back then what is Antonio Gibson's major role? He could very well lead this backfield in touches and not get any of the calorie-rich fantasy touches, similar to Miles Sanders last year in Philadelphia. I'm not saying Gibson's going to score zero touchdowns, but this is the situation we're in where he might not be the goal line back, and we know he's not going to be the third down and passing down back. I mean, this is not good news for Antonio Gibson any way you slice it. And if you want to completely ignore all that and say, well, now the guy's going to be an eighth round pick and he was a top 10 running back last year, that's your prerogative. You can do that. He is going to be cheaper, but everything is adding up to to, to reasons to be very concerned about Antonio Gibson. Man, yeah, I, I would be concerned. I want to get to a couple rookies that Joe had really impressive performances and I want to know where they're now being drafted as a result yeah and by the way I think I mentioned this last week everybody should be drafting myfrontpagestory.com for your next gift that you need to give someone for a birthday or an anniversary or just because incredible stories written about a loved one myfrontpagestory.com I know a lot of people have anniversaries coming up. Where are you now drafting Texans running back Damian Pierce and Steelers wide receiver George Pickens, Joe? Yeah, they those, both look like they're going to be factors. Yeah, they're, they're, those are two guys who are rising up draft boards now. I've been drafting Damian Pierce all offseason. He was like a 10th, 11th round pick for a while. Now um, I'm looking at um, I'm looking at a best ball site where he's now going in like the, the end of the ninth round. He should probably keep moving up. And I just think this is one where I would advise people, especially in Dynasty, to be a little careful. Because last year, Michael Carter was a fourth round pick in the NFL draft, but he was going in the eighth, ninth round of fantasy drafts. And he was going in the high first round of dynasty drafts because there was no competition for touches. And then they go out and they draft Brees Hall this year. So I think something similar could happen next year for Damian Pierce, barring him blowing up this year. But you just look at the fact that the reason why people are excited for this season, his main competition, Rex Burkhead, who's on the wrong side of 30 and Marlon Mack, who has like 50 carries to his name since tearing his Achilles a couple of seasons ago. So really not a guy who's got a, um, who, who has a whole lot of tape after the Achilles tear. So people don't really trust Damian Pierce, by the way, all reports from people at training camp have suggested that Damian Pierce has been the Texans best running back. And he comes out and he shows very well in the preseason opener, which, um, which was very good to see. Uh, Damian Pierce, uh, Five carries, 49 yards, really good showing. He's the guy you want in this backfield. And would I would I struggle if his ADP moves into like the sixth round? Probably. Uh, but it's not there yet. So eighth, ninth, tenth round, I think that's a fair spot for Damian Pierce. What about George Pickens in Pittsburgh? There's a lot of other receivers there, Joe. 
There's a lot of other receivers there. Uh, two of them, though, have been banged up, and they're, it's not serious. Deontay Johnson uh, had a hip injury. He's returned to practice. Chase Claypool, though, has had an injury to apparently both shoulders this uh, this offseason. Calvin Austin was spotted in a walking boot uh, yesterday, so he's a little banged up. Here is the thing about Pickens, though, and here is the reason why Yinzers are getting excited. The Steelers have the algorithm. Right? How many teams, they've had some misses, of course, but how many teams have had better success drafting wide receivers in the last couple of years or the last 20 years than the Pittsburgh Steelers? The, the list might be, it might be the Steelers and then everybody else. So that's number one. Number two, you know, Greg Cosell thought George Pickens was the best wide receiver in this draft class. Now, he, he fell because of some vague off the field locker room issues that I, that I can't really speak to because I don't know much about them. But, he comes out, and everybody's like, man, this guy looks like an alpha X wide receiver. And what kind of catch does he make from Mason Rudolph? You know, he beats Kobe Bryant, the rookie corner from Seattle, off the line. Bryant does recover, credit to him, get makes it a, a little bit tighter coverage than maybe it looked like it would be off the line of scrimmage. But Pickens is tracking a ball over his shoulder to the back pylon. It's a great throw by Mason Rudolph, by the way. But Pickens hauls it in over his shoulder and double toe taps. I mean, that's a veteran X receiver catch on his touchdown. And I can't help but just think. They drafted two wide receivers, did Pittsburgh. They drafted Pickens in the second. They drafted Calvin Austin in the fourth. They re-signed Deontay Johnson this offseason. They extended him when I think a whole lot of people were like, well, Deontay Johnson's going into a contract year next year. They're just going to move on from him. Uh, They're just going to move on from Deontay Johnson, and then they're going to roll with Pickens and Austin and Claypool next year. I think, Ross, quite frankly, this might read as an indictment of Chase Claypool because they have they brought in Pickens, who's a size guy. They already have Deontay Johnson locked up for multiple years. I think this is a put-up-or-shut-up year for Chase Claypool. I have zero Claypool this year, and I probably should have a little bit more because he does have talent and he can be a flash player. But George Pickens' ADP has risen significantly. Two weeks ago, he was the wide receiver 75 on Underdog Fantasy and some other sites. That has that has risen by multiple rounds. He's now going inside the top 60 wide receivers. I would not be shocked if by the end of August he's going inside the top 50 wide receivers because people trust Pittsburgh uh, wide receivers. The question then, the other layer, is the quarterback position. You know, there's been shaky reports about all of them. There's been shaky reports about Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, although I will say, I thought Kenny Pickett looked pretty freaking good in the preseason opener. And I think at some point, you know, Pittsburgh is an old-school franchise. Mike Tomlin's an old-school coach. I think Trubisky's starting early in the season. But at some point, Kenny Pickett's going to get starts. And I thought that was an encouraging performance from Kenny Pickett in the preseason opener. That makes me feel better about George Pickens and these wide receivers in general. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Pickett because I wanted to ask, you know, in two quarterback leagues or best ball – Pickett's performance, how does that affect how you feel about him or yeah. Trubisky? Or are they not even on the radar screen for best ball and and two quarterback uh, leagues? The best ball, one quarterback leagues. I, I, 
he's not really getting drafted because you don't know how much he's going to he's going to start. Two quarterback leagues changes the equation entirely because like hey, say hey, look, bro, maybe you waited on your second quarterback. Maybe you're like, "Oh, I got Justin Herbert. I'm fine. I got Patrick Mahomes. I'm fine. I'll stream my second quarterback." One thing you can do in a two quarterback or superflex league is if you're really waiting on your second quarterback or you want a couple of quarterbacks on your bench, is you can stack quarterbacks from these teams that have battles like so you can have Trubisky and Kenny Pickett on the same team and then just rotate those guys based on when when they're starting now Pickett is absolutely on the radar and so is Trubisky in that format quite frankly because both of the we know the Steelers have good weaponry the offensive line isn't good but they have good weapons and those guys can move too uh they're not gonna they're not gonna run around like Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson but they can move and they can add value with their legs so those guys are absolutely on the radar in a two quarterback and super flex very late in the draft. What am I missing, Joe? Is there are there any uh, anything else with the quarterbacks that matters? Maybe even guys that you know, Marcus Mariota, well, Baker Mayfield. Not necessarily for them, but for the other guys on their team. Is there any other rookie performances that were noteworthy? Yeah. Anybody else, veteran that's sort of in the doghouse? What else? am I missing from preseason week one that is fantasy relevant? Well, um, first and foremost, Baker Mayfield's going to win that job, which is just good for, for DJ Moore and that receiving core. I thought Romeo Dubs did a lot of good things. He scored a touchdown. So, I mean, he was just getting targeted with alacrity out there. Now, Ben Fennell, a friend of mine who works for the Philadelphia Eagles website, I'm sure you know Ben, um, highlighted that Romeo Dubs struggled as a blocker. That is certainly something that he is going to have to improve upon, but nothing that Romeo Dubs did is going to knock his ADP down from that preseason opener. You mentioned Mariota. I think he is firmly on the Superflex radar right now. I know Desmond Ritter has struggled with accuracy in training camp, although I thought Ritter had an encouraging performance in the preseason opener as well, but I think Marcus Mariota has kind of wrapped up that job. Um, Brees Hall didn't play with the first team for the Jets. I, I'm not reading too much into that. I think eventually he'll take that job. But maybe Michael Carter moves up your draft boards a little bit. Um, I thought Jalen Hurts. Ross, you were there. I mean, isn't that exactly what you want to see from Jalen Hurts as he looks to prove to the Eagles that, hey, I'm the guy beyond this year. Six to six, he throws a touchdown, took a cheap shot, got back from that. What did you see from Hertz, Ross? Because that's just making me even more excited about a guy that I was excited to draft last year. And despite an up and down season, I'm much more excited to draft him this year. I think the thing that people need to make sure they understand about Hertz is number one, the offensive line for the Eagles was the best in the NFL last year, and they'll be better this year. Barring injury, of course, but say Amalo getting coming back at right guard is huge. And then this will only be Dickerson's second year. And Milata's second year is a full-time starter, so they should be better. Obviously, we know about the A.J. Brown edition. But, Joe, do you realize this is the first time Jalen Hurts doesn't have to learn a new offense since he was 16 years old? Alabama, he had three different coordinators. Then he goes to Oklahoma. Then he comes to the NFL. He's got Doug Peterson in year one. Last year, it's Sirianni and Steichen. This is the first time he can build upon what he did the year before, that he can sort of get a better familiarity. And both Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen were very clear in the meeting with me that he's getting the ball out faster. He's putting, he's getting the ball to the person he needs to. 
He's just more comfortable in the offense. So look, we'll see. Maybe he goes out and stinks up the draw. I don't know. But it was a highly encouraging first performance against the Jets starting defense. That's for sure. You know, the one thing that stood out to me, obviously, and, and, and it was it was the highlight play, okay? It was the the first play of the game, I believe. The what 20-some yard completion to Quez Watkins with Hurts rolling to his right, which, by the way, I know. Hurts always rolls to his right. He throws to his right a lot. That's a, That's something he's got to work on. But that play to me looked like something where maybe even last year he tucks it, picks up three yards, and lives for the next play. But he throws that ball, finds an open receiver, lets something develop down the field. I thought that was encouraging. And speaking to the offensive line, though, man, Jason Kelsey didn't even play. Um, He's expected to be ready for week one after getting his elbow cleaned up. But freaking Cam Jurgens is out there looking like Kelsey. Now, I know Cam Jurgens had some things to clean up. But Jeff Stoutland got his hands on him, and now the guy's out there looking like Kelsey. I mean, isn't it? It's incredible. You're an offensive lineman, Ross. I don't want to steal your thunder, but what did you think of Jurgens? And but th- this is a backup lineman for the Eagles. Well, anybody that watched the game knows what I think of Cam Jurgens. <laughs> I listen. I mean, I was watching it. Real time. I'm Cam watching Jurgens, him. By the way, I mean, he was. Uh, he's just a really, really unique athlete, really gifted athlete. He could start for a bunch of teams at center in the NFL right now, but Jason Kelsey's still there. But he's going to get all the one, reps of the ones, the joint practices this week. I'll be there Friday in Cleveland to see the joint practices, which is always eye-opening in terms of, you know, let's see how the running back usage is for Cleveland. Let's see what they're doing. You know, let's see how many touches it seems like Kareem Hunt will get because you can't tell always from the preseason games, but from the joint practices, you can see how they allocate it a little bit. But, yes, uh, Jurgens was impressive, almost as impressive, Joe, as the fact that you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code ROSS, bet just $5 on college football, which, by the way, starts next weekend, insanity, and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code Ross, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Check out this man on social media, please, at FG underscore Dolan, or me, at Ross Tucker NFL, or us, at Ross Tucker Pod. We love the five-star reviews. And now is as good a time as any Send an email question in specifically for Joe. Ask Joe your dilemma. Ross at RossTucker.com. Just make sure you include a five-star rating and review with it. Other than that, I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.